The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast, twice a day, maybe sometimes three times a day, on occasion during this stretch of June where there's uh, nothing going on in the NFL. We've decided to take a look at all 32 NFL teams, the All-32, as we're calling it. Uh, this will wrap up week one, and we're going to focus on the Eagles with Shio Kapadia of The Athletic. Shio, what's going on, buddy? What's up, Will? How you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Uh, and uh, you're also, uh, a co-host on the birds with friends podcast. Let's, uh, let's talk about the birds then. So what, uh, I think it doesn't feel like the Eagles are particularly controversial, which is surprising because they're such a, I don't, they're not a polarizing team, but they have a, uh, polarized, a, a, uh, a, uh, how, what do you say? Rabbit fan base. Uh, enthusiastic fan base. And it always seems like if you have a take on the Eagles, it's either going to get you yelled at for whatever reason, but it does feel like this is kind of a quiet off season in Philadelphia under Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman and how he's been in and out over the past, you know, whatever, 10, 15 years with Andy Reid and Chip Kelly. Um, it, it, does it feel like the Eagles are really developing some, some quiet consistency about how they go about this year to year approach? There's certainly a little bit of that, certainly to the, um, you know, at least uh, kind of in the public. You're, you're right. There weren't a ton of splash moves. There were some here and there. I think it was pretty quiet and it was seeing, seeming like not a, uh, the, like you said, not the most controversial offseason until the draft and when they took Jalen. Oh, Hurts, yeah. What am I talking about? Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. yeah. That. Which I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, in, in the second round. So that was the moment where I was like, all right, no, this is, uh, this, all right. Now there's this dominant storyline that's going to dominate uh, a lot of the conversation around this team going forward. But, um, yeah, for the most part, I mean, they're, they're bringing back, especially offensively, a lot of the guys who finished. Uh, last season and like just a lot of the names that you saw during that Super Bowl season uh, a couple of years ago there's still turnover but certainly you know Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and these types of guys are still uh, there on the roster so it's kind of a transition period moving on to kind of a next phase of all right how can they get back to another Super Bowl Okay, I'm going to take the L on that one. That's quarantine brain talking that I forgot Jalen Hurts. It's like, it's all we talked about for like a week. What was wrong with me? It was like a month ago. All right, I'll take the L on that. I think part of the reason is that to me, I, I was sort of able to easily justify the selection of Jalen Hurts in part because one, the Eagles have done a very good job of 
you know, producing multiple quarterbacks who could go on to then become valuable commodities on the trade market later on. And two, uh, Carson Wentz, and I'm not saying he can't stay healthy. He's just his missed games. I mean, a backup quarterback won them a Super Bowl. And then three, they got the receiver in the first round. I think people were just mad that they didn't get J- Justin Jefferson. I mean, did the, where did you fall on the, on the Jalen Hurts thing? Did you feel like it was something that undermines Wentz or did you think it was a smart depth move? Was it too early to take him? How did, how did you feel about it? Yeah, I came to eventually uh, understand it for a lot of the things you mentioned, but I still uh, would not say that I am on board with that move because I, I think if you dig deeper into it a little bit, you know, you mentioned, uh, and you're right, that the Eagles have had a history of sort of developing these quarterbacks and then being able to trade them. But you look at those guys, you weren't spending, you know, a, a second round pick, I think it was the 53rd overall pick on the guy. And so you look at it and you say, well, what would the situation be where Jalen Hurts plays and all of a sudden you're able to trade him and you view him as an asset and you're getting better than the 53rd pick for him. For that to happen, Carson Wentz has to suffer an injury. Jalen Hurts has to come in. Jalen Hurts has to play well. And guess what? In that scenario where he plays really well and he comes in for an injured Carson Wentz, you're probably trading Carson Wentz. You're not trading uh, Jalen Hurts. So I, I think the way to justify the move in the long term is to say, you know what? As a franchise, we want to give ourselves a shot at having a top-tier quarterback and really upping the percentages of that. And if Carson Wentz plays well and stays healthy, that's a win for us. If Carson Wentz doesn't play well, if Carson Wentz gets injured and Jalen Hurts comes in and he plays well, well, that's a win for us too. Now, in terms of the backup quarterback situation, that's a tough one for me too because you know I don't know that Jalen Hurts as a rookie – specifically with the offseason we've had, is he like a, you know, a top 10 backup quarterback mm. going into next season? I mean, a lot of NFL people think this was a really a developmental quarterback who's going to need some time to learn. So, I mean, a lot of it depends on whether they're right in their evaluation. Is this guy uh, somebody who has huge upside as a top-tier starter? If he is and if he, if he can show some of that right away, then it's going to look to be a great pick. I still have some question marks about that, though. Okay. No, that, I think it's fair. I mean, I, and – and I do feel a little hypocritical, like being like, oh, Howie Rose is a genius. He took Jalen Hurts in the second round. And then I'd like turn around and I'm like, the Packers are morons for taking Jordan Love in the first, you know, it, it, so I mean, like, I, I get it. And it's one of those things where a lot of times it's going to be like time has to play out. And I mean, ultimately we'll judge it based on the results, which I know that that's not how you should judge things and you should be process oriented and all that. I, I did find it interesting that Howie mentioned after the draft, I think he was talking to Mike Garofalo of NFL media, um, that he had wanted to take Russell Wilson, uh, in 2012 and tried to get greedy and get him a little bit later, get him in the third round and, and then it backfired. So, I mean, you know, that maybe that shouldn't cloud your judgment about how, about when you take a player. But I, I do agree that like Jalen Hurts wouldn't have been there, um, in the third round. I, I don't think he's going to play a ton. We'll see. I do think that the Eagles offense though is, is going to be fascinating to me. Um, and for those who don't read Shield stuff, you should, and you should get an athletic subscription. Uh, you do awesome work, but not afraid to dive in on the film side, obviously. How much of like when I look at what they've, what the Eagles have done in the last, six months in free agency and trades and via the draft, it feels to me like they might go just all in on 12 personnel and have Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz out there like 70% of the time and use those guys as sort of uh, alternately blocking and shorter yardage uh, weapons, chain movers, and then allow 
all these receivers who, I mean, Marquise Goodwin, Jalen Rager, Deshaun Jackson, John Hightower, uh, Quez Watkins, all these guys they acquired, Deshaun they've had forever, but these guys are all like just absolute burners. Does it feel like that's sort of what they're trying to put together? Yeah, they definitely wanted to add a ton of speed uh, this year. I mean, they had it just felt like one of the slowest groups of pass catchers in the NFL last year. Deshaun Jackson only played in three games, so that was obviously a big factor. And they led the NFL in uh, that 12 personnel that you mentioned, those two tight end sets. So certainly it's going to be part of the offense. Uh, the wide receiver position that you mentioned is really the fascinating part of this. And I think the part of it that will dictate what kind of offense they're going to be, you know, they kind of took the approach this off season. Let's take a bunch of swings. We'll take mm. five, five, six swings at wide receivers. And if like two of these things pan out, then they're going to have a really good offense. If they don't, then we might be, you know, having a similar conversation after next season, man, they look slow. So, I mean, those things that to identify them is Deshaun Jackson, can he stay healthy? He's in, I think, around 33 years old. Uh, he played in three games last year. He doesn't have to be, you know, a 16-game starter, but can he play like 12 games and be healthy for a theoretical postseason? That could be big. Alshon Jeffrey is still on this roster. He's coming off of a serious injury. He's probably going to start the season on the PUP list, but can you get, like, competent wide receiver play from him? Uh, they spent a second-round pick last year on J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, from Stanford and he had a got opportunities as a rookie and he did not uh, make the most of them and he had some injury issues as well that's another thing you mentioned they trade for Marquise Goodwin he's really had one really good season in his NFL career so can you get something out of him can Jalen Rager be effective as a rookie and then like you mentioned they use those day three picks on you know two of the fastest wide receivers in the draft but those are really lottery tickets so like it's a matter you know you don't need all those things I mentioned you don't need all of those things to work out for you you need like two of those things to work out for you and I think if that happens then they are going to have a nice mix of 12 personnel 11 personnel a team that can string together you know a nine play drive but also a team that can hit you uh, with sort of a vertical uh, play over the top and get some more explosive plays more than they had last year so those are kind of some of the things they're looking at as they go into next season. Carson Wentz uh, didn't make the list, the top 100 list that Pete, our own Pete Prisco, our tiny tan, my tiny tan colleague, uh, put together um, for CBSSports.com. Uh, I mean, I, not like I, not like I'm worried what you think about Pete's list in general, but I mean, I think, do you think that accurately reflects Carson Wentz's where he stands uh, in the NFL community? And I mean, certainly the Eagles are higher on him than that. But I, I, I'm just curious, uh, what like. I mean, I feel like the Eagles are all in on Wentz, and I feel like Wentz is a good player who maybe doesn't get quite the due that he deserves. Yeah, it's been tough. I mean, I look at it last year, and you just, you know, there are games where I just looked at it and said, like, it's tough to operate this way with no speed on the outside. I mean, every statistical category, they were near the bottom of the list in terms of wide receiver production. So, you know, I think that year that the Eagles made the Super Bowl, I think they were like 11-2 and with Carson Wentz as the starter, right? Yep. And he and he's an MVP, uh, you know, he's in the MVP conversation. And so we've seen that upside. I think we saw it uh, at the end of last year. They win four in a row. They beat the Cowboys. He's doing it with guys no one's heard of, Boston Scott, Greg Ward. I mean, unless you're in like a deep, deep fantasy league. You're or, 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 a, or a huge like Houston Cougars <laughs> right. football fan. <laughs> he's a freaking quarterback. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, unless those were the cases, you hadn't heard of these guys and he played, you know, Wentz played really well there uh, down the stretch. So, you know, I think after that Super Bowl season, Eagles fans and probably a lot of people were thinking, all right, Wentz is going to be in that top five quarterback conversation for like the next decade. And since then, it has not been as good. And so I still think he's a really good player. I would probably put him more in like that, you know, eight to 10 category uh, in terms of quarterbacks, but a guy who has that upside where if he's playing well, if he's healthy, if you surround him with good people, he certainly can perform as a top five quarterback. So I think this is going to be an important year for him, especially if those wide receivers can stay healthy. If Deshaun Jackson's out there, if they get something from Jalen Rager, well, now all of a sudden you have a good offensive line, you have some better weapons around him, and you kind of can get a better sense of, of what he can be. Mm. Uh, the defense will probably go a long way towards helping them as well. And let's uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come uh, coming up after the break, and we'll discuss how good that defense can be. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. So I I feel like with – this defense uh, that that um, what we've seen from Howie Roseman again is, and maybe, maybe I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like it's an emphasis on, Hey, look, like we won the Super Bowl because we had a deep, deep defensive line. Let's get back to doing that. Does it, does it seem like that's sort of been a focus while also acknowledging that the secondary was pretty much hot garbage last year and needed to be fixed. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. That, that goes to kind of Howie Roseman's team building philosophy. It's quarterback, offensive line, defensive line, and then sort of everything else, you know, you're going to have some strengths and weaknesses depending on what personnel is available to you. And so I would say that the defensive line is the area of the team that has the chance to kind of make the biggest leap from last year to this year. You know, last year, uh, Fletcher Cox did not play well. You know, he is a, he is a great player when he's on, when he's healthy. Uh, though, you know, his, his sort of peaks, his ceiling are, you know, it's probably right below Aaron Donald. I don't think there's a lot of other guys you would say are game changing defensive tackles. And so there were games last year where you saw that, where you said, man, he is just wrecking this game. You remembered how good he could be, but consistently. And really, if you look at the numbers to sort of back it up, he was not at that level. So you would think you would get a better Fletcher Cox this year. Um, Malik Jackson, who sort of bounced around, he's the guy they added last year. He got injured in the first game. You add him to the defensive line rotation. And really one of their big signings in the offseason was Javon Hargrave, the defensive tackle from the Steelers. I think they're paying him like $13 million a year. And so you're adding personnel that you didn't have last year. You're hoping that Fletcher Cox can be a little bit better. And it has a chance to be a really good pass rush and a really good defensive line. The the one thing I would say, though, man, when you look at the Eagle, the schedule, I wanted to love the Eagles uh, this year because I thought everybody would be on the Cowboys with the, with the with the changeover to Mike McCarthy, and this is such an unusual off season. And the Eagles have, you know, they have a a, a lot of consistency. And to me, uh, it, it is going to be consistency at, at the coaching position, like the coaching coordinator, uh, quarterback, and offensive line. I think those are the teams that are going to thrive that have all that consistency. And the Eagles have that. But gosh, you, sure, you look at the freaking schedule, and it just looks really, really tough. 
Yeah, you made you made a great point. I mean, I'm probably not putting as much um, you know influence or impact into it as I should, and that continuity uh, could really help them. You know, all those areas you just mentioned, you're bringing back the same play callers on either on both sides of the ball. You're bringing back the quarterback and the offensive line, so that'll help them. But yeah, it, it is a very tough schedule. I mean, they get the AFC North, uh, which I think is going to be a really good uh, yeah. division, not only at the top, but you know, I'm pretty bullish on the Bengals and think they can be good right away with Joe Burrow. We'll see what happens uh, with the Browns. And then, of I'm, course... I'm with you, by, by the way. I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think the Bengals can, like, I wouldn't be entirely shocked if they went to the playoffs. Yeah. Like one of those extra wild cards. Uh, I totally agree. And and then in the NFC, of course, you've got the first place schedule. So, um, you know, you're facing those good teams in the other division. So, yeah, they're definitely going to have to earn it. Uh, if they have a good season, on the other hand, you know what? You got the extra playoff spot. So, uh, you get to eight and eight and who knows? You, you might be able to sneak in there. So it could go either way, I guess. Uh, all right, Debo, uh, since this is the Eagles podcast, Debo is reticent to, to jump in and speak, but I know that he loves his birds. He's at home right now and he's feeling his, feeling his Philly roots. Uh, Debo, is there anything you want to ask you about the, uh, the Eagles season or the Eagles roster? I'm sure there are like 42 questions you have. I'm sure there's a lot. Shield, give us a a Brandon Graham prediction from the Super Bowl two years ago. Um, you can explain, I think, to Will better than I can what you did with BG a couple years ago. But I want a similar prediction for 2020. Ooh. Oh, this is a tough one. Yeah, so I had a prediction uh, in Minneapolis before the Super Bowl that uh, you know we had to we were doing our last Birds with Friends podcast. We were just saying, all right, here's what the score is going to be. Here's how it's going to play out. And I said, Brandon Graham is going to have a strip sack of Tom Brady with two minutes and 16 seconds left. And I nailed it to the second. And so, Are you serious? Uh, yeah. So that's, was two, you said 216? <laughs> 216. So that's on, uh, that's on YouTube. People thought I was lying, but you know, our listeners were like, no, we listened to this before the podcast and someone put the prediction, you know, kind of in concert with the actual, uh, sack of Tom Brady. So that is going to be very, very, uh, tough to beat. I don't think I will beat that. Certainly. No, you won't. You won't. <laughs> By the way, like, Sports Illustrated wrote about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it made the rounds there, uh, a little bit. So I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I was just asked this earlier today and, uh, on our birds with friends podcast, and this is, you know, a little bit, it's certainly not as exciting, but I was not totally on board with the Darius Slay trade. I thought he's 29 years old. Uh, you know, you should really be looking at um, wide receiver in that spot. And so I was critical of that. So I have a feeling that like in week one, they play Washington. I think that Darius Slay is going to have a big interception in like the fourth quarter. Um, I think I said, I don't know, four minutes and 46 <laughs> seconds or something. Uh, and he's going to have a big interception to ice the game. And that way people can tweet at me and say, I was wrong about the Darius Slay trade. He's going to be an impact player and the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. So that, that's what I came up with earlier. So I'll stick with that here. That is a great job. I mean, hey, that's insane by you to predict. Were you, great question, Diva. Uh, but were you, you're obviously there in Minneapolis, but maybe the most fun environment um, I've ever, I've ever been to for a Super Bowl that I've ever been to an incredible uh, stadium and set up there. Uh, were you aware that you nailed the, to the second when it happened? 
I was not definitely, but I think people started like tweeting at me uh, right away or friends were texting me. And so I was getting the alerts and, you know, I felt good about just getting the Brandon Graham sack yeah. prediction uh, right. Uh, but then, yeah, when somebody told it, when I, when I found out that it was the exact time. That later, is wild. Yeah. I shouldn't really, I really should have just retired at that point. I don't know why I'm here talking to you uh, <laughs> year, year, years later, but uh, I, here, here we I, are. I, yeah, I could ask. Yeah, you could, you could, you could, you could take that out of context and, and, and ask the same question anyway. All right, so uh, we'll get you out of here on this. What would quantify? Okay, we're sort of like we're sort of trying to figure out like what is. I don't know if it's what is a good season for the Eagles, but like what what's the ceiling? What's the floor? What do you think Eagles fans would be happy with? Are they are they at the point where it's like anything short of a Super Bowl? We're not thrilled. I mean, what what do you think needs to happen for the Eagles to have a successful season in twenty twenty? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question to try to figure out their expectations because the last two years, you know, they've sort of snuck into the playoffs on these December runs and they've won nine games, but it's been good enough to win the division. So I do feel like the expectations are elevated uh, this year with some of the moves they made. I do think they have a, you know, a Super Bowl ceiling. I think if some of those things go right at wide receiver, given the division they're in, you know, I, I think they could win a lot of games and make the Super Bowl. Uh, so I, I would say that's the ceiling. I would say the floor, you know, if Carson Wentz is relatively healthy, it's hard for me to see them lose it being worse than like seven and nine, six and 10. I mean, I, I don't see this being any type of a train wreck season for them in terms of what fans should be happy with. You know, certainly if you make it to like the NFC title game, that's a success. I sure. think if, if you make it to the divisional round, but it's a, you know, you feel good about how the young players developed and you had a good regular season and it's not fluky, but you just kind of didn't advance past that. I think you're probably okay with that. I think you're, you're definitely disappointed if you don't make the playoffs and you're probably disappointed if you kind of sneak into the playoffs and lose in the first round. Mm, okay. Uh, there it is. The, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, they need to, man, isn't it wild how, uh, how one, I mean, not like not just one title, but like, it's always surprising to me how, short the the window actually is for someone who wins a Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'd think bringing – not that Dougie Peterson was a hot seat or anything like that, but, like, you look at John Harbaugh in Baltimore. I mean, it looked like that might be coming to an end. I mean, you know, it's it's – Eagles fans Eagles fans want another Super Bowl. Like, they got – it's catnip. They got a taste of it. They want some more, right? Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. It didn't take long for, you know, the, the one thing is they've just been so boring the last two years. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. like it, 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 there's one thing to be like a nine and seven team on the rise where fans are excited every week, but like they've just played these games that are just slogs and they've been really slow. And so I think the sort of brand of football they've played has, uh, has played a factor in it. But yeah, I, I think fans are certainly, and even within the organization ownership, I think they're ready for them Ooh. to kind of take the next step here. Well, I mean, you know, you, sometimes you gotta pay the price for watching Nick Foles catch a touchdown pass <laughs> to win a Super Bowl. That's you know, true. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. It evens out in the end. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Shio Kabadia, thank you so much for, uh, taking the time, buddy. Always good to chat with you. Make sure you read Shio at The Athletic and listen to Birds with Friends. Really appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. CBS Sunday after the equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. 
Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.